Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 54. Uh, you got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about PMing your stuff. Uh, by PMing, we mean preventive maintenance, um, so replacing parts, springs, especially um, when they're intended to be replaced, versus just running your guns until they break and then complaining that they're broken. Absolutely. Um, guys, you know, this is something that we probably touched on in different podcasts, or we probably talked around a little bit. Um, you know, there, there are certain guns where there's just not a whole lot of preventative maintenance that can be done. Um, a Remington 870 pump gun, you can replace the mag spring on a pretty regular basis. Um, there are probably some trigger spring components and stuff like that, that there's actually a service interval for on. Um, but in general, Remington being who Remington is today, it's probably not worth the trouble to call and find out. Um, and, and a new trigger pack costs 90 bucks to just replace the trigger pack and go on. Uh, on an 870. So, you know, if it's a gun like that, make sure you, you know, you don't wait for your magazine spring to kind of catch up with you. Uh, new mag spring, I think, is uh, less than $20, including a, a nice polymer follower uh, from one of the Wilson Combat or Scattergun Technology options. Um, you know, get, get on that, um, take care of that monster, and make sure you're keeping that spring ready to rock and roll so it doesn't fail you. Um, you know, obviously, we're very fond of the AR system uh, for long guns as well. Um, getting into AR-15s and stuff like that, there's there's a, a quite a bit more going on there. Uh, but some things that we've seen here recently, and and I, I don't want to throw this customer under the bus like I normally would, because um, this gentleman bought this tool, this rifle as a as truly as a recreational tool. It's something to take up to the farm in Michigan um, and shoot and have fun with. And I don't think it was really ever intended as a, a weapon so much as a firearm. Um, if you don't know the difference, Google it. Um, so the, the basic gist of this was that we were pushing about 8,000 rounds through a Noveski firearm that we sold new to this guy about three or four years ago. Um, the gun wasn't actually having any problems other than the customer perceived it wasn't doing what it had previously done, i.e. wasn't throwing rounds quite as far, was shooting a little bit softer, etc. Um, we went through the gun. The extractor on the gun was, was not broken, but it was definitely worn. Uh, the ejector spring had a bunch of crud behind the ejector and on the spring. Um, and so we went ahead and cleaned that out and replaced the spring. Um, the bolt actually looked surprisingly good. All the corners were really clean, nothing cracked, broken off, nothing starting that we could see. Um, gas rings, missing one and a half gas rings or one and two thirds gas rings. Uh, still ran, still cycled, no problem. Just wasn't behaving like it had previously. A customer had shot 8,000 rounds through it in a few years and got to know the gun well enough to know what it felt like and knew it didn't feel the same. Um, you know, so you're looking at parts like buffer springs, 10,000 round part, um, replacing an extractor on an AR. It's cheap. I don't, I don't know what the actual spec is on an extractor or what the actual interval is that's recommended in a TM9. Um, probably less than six. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking five is, is generally the number that pops into my head. If somebody out there has got their cold armor cert, feel free to correct us. Generally, the bolts is six to ten thousand round. Items. Exactly. Yeah, you're going to eat a bolt up in about a, in about ten grand, almost no matter what, unless you're just really going easy on the gun. Um, but anyway, so j just some brief examples. Uh, so anyway, we went through, PM the gun, changed some springs out. Um, and again, not based on, oh my gosh, my gun stopped working, but hey, 
Um, I'm messing with this thing and it's not doing what it normally does. It doesn't feel quite right. And if you know your stuff well enough and you shoot it well enough, you'll get a vibe on that. Um, you know, if you're the guy who shoots 50 rounds a year, don't worry about PM in your crap. It'll last you forever. Um, it's kind of like grandma's old Oldsmobile that sits in the garage that she drives to church like twice a month. Um, those tires are going to be good until they dry rot. There's really no PM in them. You just wait for them to fall apart. Um, so the same kind of conversation. Um, Another recent example, a uh, local law enforcement uh, guy here in central Ohio, um, serious shooter. Guy spends a lot of time on the range, takes some classes. Um, pretty pretty skilled guy with a gun. Um, has an off-duty Glock 19 Gen 5 that he purchased recently and has already put 10,000 rounds through the gun. Uh, went through, swapped out a recoil spring. I believe that's a 7,500-round part. Um, it, but the trigger return spring system in the Gen 5 Glock is different from the previous editions. It is not a linear coil spring that pulls. It's a coil spring that's a compression spring. Um, the, and, and curiously enough, it wasn't the spring that had failed, but there's a clip that holds the cruciform in the trigger block for a Glock, and the clip that attaches to that spring had sheared off the front of it. Uh, interestingly enough, gun still worked, still cycled, still went back into battery, still reset, still did everything it was supposed to do. Um, it had turned itself into a bumblebee gun. It didn't know it wasn't supposed to work, so it kept going. Hoorah, go Glock. Um, so we, we got the gun apart, and the customer under dry fire practice had found the gun intermittently not resetting or, or occasionally not resetting, and that's what brought him in. Um, not a gun this guy st stakes his life on. It was something that he was beaten on. It was a training gun. He didn't want to put all those rounds on the gun that he had in his holster. Um, he's confident, qualifies with his holster gun, shoots, you know, uh, probably, I, I want to say a, a couple hundred rounds a month, maybe something like that through the duty gun, but keeps it clean, keeps it, you know, in his duty holster ready to rock and roll. Um, but puts the primary amount of rounds through a G19. That's not even really an off duty gun. I don't think because he's kind of a little snubby revolver guy. Um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, broken gun still worked, just wasn't quite right. Went through and fixed some of these things. Um, I don't, I need to find out what the service interval is. I can't find any data for the service interval on a new Glock Gen 5 trigger return spring system. Sounds like it's less than 10,000 rounds. Uh, it is It is indeed less than 10,000 rounds. I know on the old spring it was it was 5,000. Um, and for those of you Glock guys out there, maybe that 5,000 round number is a good number to stick with. Or maybe the 7,500 round number for the recoil spring. When you get hit that number on your recoil spring, maybe it's time to look at your trigger return. Um, also, side note, uh, the trigger return spring on a Gen 5 Glock is not available as an individual unit. You need to buy the entire trigger block, which is not a big deal. They're 10 bucks retail. Um, I, we'll see how easy or hard they are to get once they start breaking. The gun's been out there about two years. So I expect to see that become probably a little more of a common problem or a common wear item at this stage of the game with guys getting enough rounds through them. Um, you know, so we talk about PM and your stuff. Um, you know, that, that's just like a light touch on the gun side of the house. Um, I, 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 I would be remiss to say, um, you know, yeah, we talk about the guns. We talk about recoil springs and trigger return springs. We talk about lubing your guns and, you know, keeping them relatively clean and relatively well maintained. Um, PM in your gun too is, you know, when you take your gun apart to clean it, it is also an opportunity to touch surfaces on the gun and look at parts of the gun and getting your your oil derrick slurry of lube and dirt and crap out of the gun occasionally to actually look at the parts. 
Um, going back at more than a decade ago, I had a Glock 19 that had an obscene round count through it that was actually documented. And at one point, you know, on, on my, you know, once every 5,000 rounds or so, wiping the inside of the gun out, not, not white gloving it, just wiping it out, found a crack between the barrel hole and the guide rod hole that I would not have found had I not been cleaning the gun and physically touching parts of the gun. Um, you know, when you're looking over a gun, if you've got a metal part and you see any crystalline structure or something that does not look smooth and pretty and machined and finished, um, you know, you see a crack or you see maybe a chunk where something looks like, hey, there should be something there that's not, or you see that grainy crystalline metallic structure staring at you, something's chipped, something's failed, and, and even though the gun may run like a sewing machine, you're, that's the beginning of your next big problem. And that's one of the reasons that taking your guns apart, PM, and I'm looking over that bolt carrier group, shining a flashlight inside of it, actually scraping the carbon out of it occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally, lets you see surfaces, corners, um, you know, fissures and cracks and stress risers often start in corners of milled items. Um, quality milled products generally don't have a lot of 90 degree cuts on them. They have a lot of radii. Um, and a, a, a radius is going to distribute stress and not create a crack, whereas a 90-degree cut will. So, you know, look anywhere there's a 90-degree on something. Anywhere two pieces fit together, make sure they fit together the way they should. But get eyeballs and hands on stuff. Um, you know, if you don't like getting gun lube and gun gook on you, then, you know, use rubber gloves. They'll still catch on sharp edges and stuff like that. Um, but touching the gun you know, in the components and looking at them, physically looking at them, having a flashlight handy. And if you're getting older like me, maybe even some type of magnifying lens or take a picture with your cell phone and expand that picture and look at it real close. Um, Technology is wonderful. Not. Um, so going through further, uh, so we, you know, talk a little bit about, about, about guns. Optics. Look at your optics. Look at batteries. Replace the battery. Replace the batteries. When you replace the battery, look at the O-ring around the battery. If the O-ring around the battery is either missing or has big chunks out of it because you've had it on and off a couple times for some reason, replace or it. Or it's all crumbly because it's dry yep. rotted. Exactly. Um, you know, if it's a if you've got uh, covered turrets on a scope, um, you know, you spin your scope caps off because you had to re-zero. Take two seconds and look at the O-ring in that scope cap and make sure it's sealed because you don't need to let moisture into the system. Um, and and O-rings are relatively cheap. Most manufacturers will just send you O-rings if you call them and say, I have XYZ model, um, you know, this is kind of crumbly and gross and needs replaced. Um, you know, so batteries, scope caps, things of that nature. Look at the glass on your optics, um, you know, especially on optics that you train with a lot or use for personal defense or you put in and out of a police cruiser um, you know or your personal vehicle in a bag and stuff like that look at the lenses on those optics and if they're scratched up and stuff like that that's going to come to haunt you when you start doing low light evolutions and training um, and have a lot of light and a lot of a lot of photonic activity um, you're not going to see the scratches but you're not also going to realize how well you're not seeing looking through that optic while it's beat to snot uh, one of our good friends is running an old school, um, I think it's a Boresight Solutions G19 from way back, um, had a ridiculously old and beat to hell Trigicon RMR on it. Um, this wasn't even a type one. It was like a type zero. I don't know. I mean, it was like from before the war, pick a war, um, scratched, incredibly scratched up doing some low light stuff, a little bit of smoke in the air, using, uh, weapon lights. All of a sudden it's like, wow, how do you even see through this thing? 
it, you know, it's time to replace that kind of stuff. Everything has a surface life, uh, no different than, a, you know, the gun itself or whatever. Um, I, I could go on and on and on about this. I, I'm going to touch on knives. Um, PM your knives. If you've got a broken tip on your knife, take it over to, you know, your local knife dude and have them regrind it or get a knife to replace it one way or the other. Um, you know, keep your knife sharp. I'm super, super guilty of the knife I drag around every day being a box opener and it is ridiculously dull and stupid. It's also not the knife that I use for social occasions. So, you know, occasionally take your knife apart. If it's got screws, run the screws out, clean the schmutz off between the scales and the metal so it doesn't yeah. corrode on you. Um, um, Loctite all the screws. Yeah, Loctite the screws when you put them back. Maybe put a you know, light layer of whatever recommended lube between the metal and the scales and go on so you're not getting corrosion issues down the road. Um, and then, you know, heading into equipment. Um, Molly clips, PALS spacing and PALS attachments and Molly attachments, as well as a lot of the new quick clip type attachments and G-Gals on holsters and stuff like that. Um, as well as just regular old screws, Chicago screws and stuff like that on holsters and sheaths and things of that nature. Um, whether it's your EDC inside the waistband holster or whether it's that great big safari land on your war belt. Um, or just simply a pouch that's attached to a chest rig or some molly webbing or something like that. Um, go through and check those connectors. Um, I'm trying to think of malice clips is the word I'm looking for. Malice clips made by... The, tactical Taylor. Yeah, Tactical Taylor. Um... And then everybody else's knockoff version of a mal malice clip. Um, they, they, they will, they'll dry out eventually and start to crack. They can fail on you. Look for cracks on that kind of stuff. If it's starting to fail, fix it. You know, put a new one in. I think they cost about 78 cents a piece. Um, probably more in shipping than in a malice clip. Um, but you know, your screws on your holster, you know, it, it go through and check them occasionally. I know guys, I know guys that are professional end users that actually mark them with a paint pen so they can tell if something's come loose or not. Um, you know, go through, check those screws, make sure everything's locked down. Um, you know, maybe once a year, bust them loose, uh, take the screws out, put some blue Loctite on them, clean them, scrub them off a little bit, put some blue Loctite on them, put it all back together. Um, but you know, don't forget about stuff that's sewn as well. Your plate carrier probably has shoulder straps that are sewn into it at some point or Velcro into it at some point. If you notice your shoulder strap slipping because your Velcro is kind of bit the dust, you know, take it to your, your, your local seamster. Um, and see if they'll do some repair work for you or learn how to run a needle and thread yourself. Um, it's not that hard. It is time-consuming and it sucks, but it's not that hard. Um, but, you know, PM in your gear, we, we see a lot of stuff come through the shop. That's, that's Most of the stuff we see come through the shop is close to unused. Um, but a lot of stuff we do, you know, occasionally we do see stuff that's, that's really beat the snot. And you can tell who the guys are that have gone through and hand-added some stitching to hold something together or or super glued something together, or this, that, or the other, and they're taking care of their stuff. It really doesn't take that long to, to take care of your gear, and if you take care of it, if it's good quality stuff, it'll take care of you. So um, that's, and I don't mean to be soapboxy about this, but it's just something that we've seen. We've had a few really good instances of people who are not abusing their stuff, people who do use their stuff, um, but just had some things crop up on them, not recognizing service intervals, and it not being critical to duty for them. So good opportunity to talk about it. Yeah. Uh Another note, if you're running suppressors on guns, I would probably half whatever your recommended service interval um, on parts and whatnot is because suppressors beat things up. Uh, on that note, come find us. We're at Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram as long as we can stick around. 
um, at Cap City Outfitters. Uh, visit, us, visit us on the web at capcityoutfitters.com. We'll see you soon.